0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Let's get this crowd going now. Come on, get him up, get him up, get him up. It's snap. He's going to throw down the middle. Come on, clock. that's great football now. 35 40, down the far sideline. We got a five, baby. He's still moving. He's going to go. Go on. Are you kidding
1: Seahawks Podcast. I'm Seahawks super fan and actor Brett Davern, joined by former Seahawks All-Pro linebacker Lofa Tatupu. Ready to do the show, big guy? Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's get it. On today's episode, Al Pacino turned 80, but also there was an NFL draft. (laughs) Oh, did I go too quick right there? (laughs) No, you're good. We give you our impressions of what was hopefully the only virtual NFL draft in NFL history. It was very interesting from a uh, just like watching the draft perspective, but then also, of course, from a Seahawks perspective. And we'll get into it. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button on whichever podcast platform you're using. It really helps the show and helps us grow this thing. And it makes it so that you never miss an episode because you get a notification every time that we post one, which is usually twice a week. If you'd like to make your opinions known, you can send us an email at seahawkspod at gmail.com. Did they get the draft right this time? Was there a player that you thought they should have taken? You can let us know, seahawkspod at gmail.com. That's seahawks, P-O-D, at gmail.com. All right, Lofa, overall impressions of what was a historic and
0: unique draft? I thought, other than the actual booze for Goodell, which he played up real well, (laughs) I I did like that he humored himself. You know, he showed um, a little perspective there and and how they've treated him in the past. And good on Roger, man. You know, that poor guy. (laughs) You know, he gets the worst of it. But, uh, you know, him talking to the screen was probably the highlight of the draft for me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so he wasn't doing it for the first, like, five or six picks, I want to say. He was just facing the camera, and they'd come back to him, and he would just you know, very dryly announce the player. And then clearly someone behind the camera started telling him to talk to the fans or whatever was going on on the TV behind him, and it, it was like your dad trying to play it cool.
0: But shout out to Bud Light Seltzer, because <laughs> they did a, before the draft, they did a commercial, and it was literally the, the crowd booing, uh, Roger. And, you know, so it shows a little self-awareness from Roger yeah. and, you know, being, you know, being part of it, you know, so it, it made me laugh. And then, you know, he really brought it to life, uh, talking to the screen and the, uh, the, the zoom panel behind him, ESPN, uh, NFL, uh, network. They, they all did a phenomenal job of covering it. I mean, you know, naturally because we are staying at home, you know, viewership was up, but, uh, I, sure. I was, pleasantly surprised at how smooth it was.
1: Dude, I kind of liked seeing everybody's house. So, so interesting. Like, I'm studying the background of Bill Belichick's, you know, dining room, like, looking at the paintings he has on the wall. Like, I found myself sometimes not even paying attention to the draft because I was so distracted by, you know, like I said, like, the decorations on the wall <laughs> behind them or the afghan, real, and I'm wondering if their aunt made it for them or whatever. A
0: real a real MTV Cribs, uh, so to speak. Uh, yeah. How about Kingsbury, huh? He's not doing no. too bad over there he's living like Bruce Wayne. It looked looked amazing, so good for him. Yeah, well, all
1: right, let's get to it then. The draft from a Seahawks perspective. Let me just quickly run down the names of everybody that we took um, in case you haven't heard yet or, you know, just to refresh your memory. Um, Not talking to you, of course, Lofa, but talking to the listeners out there. Starting out with Jordan Brooks, a linebacker out of Texas Tech. In round one, pick 27. Then they went to Daryl Taylor, a defensive end uh, in the second round. Damian Lewis, offensive guard in the third round. Colby Parkinson, a tight end, another tight end out of Stanford. Then DJ Dallas, a running back from Miami. Alton Robinson, a defensive end out of Syracuse in the fifth round and Freddie Swain, a wide receiver in round number six. And then when it looked like it was over, they jumped back into the seventh mm-hmm. round and grab uh Steven Sullivan who played college as a tight end, but they're listing him right now as a wide receiver for some reason. So maybe they're thinking about switching him. Um, and they took him in the seventh round. You know what I want to do on this episode? Let's, let's split them up offense and defense. Let's look at defense here on this episode. We'll do offense next time, but just in general, of those uh, seven seven or eight players drafted, what were your overall impressions of how the Seahawks did, Lofa? Uh,
0: you know, time will tell on how well we did.
1: Mm-hmm. But,
0: um, you know, as history has shown, um, I got faith in John. And right. so a guy that jumps out at me, actually, DJ Dallas Parkinson, I <laughs> I text you during the draft, hey, we, you know, yeah. uh, a position of need, tight end. So I'm glad we got another one. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we didn't have any. Yeah. So, but 6'7", you're not going to say no to that. Um, well, that's you know, the thing.
1: You you texted me, you're like, really, a tight end? We've got too many of those. And then I texted back immediately,
0: yeah, but he's 6'7". That, that you can't teach. You can't teach 6'7", right? No. You, know, you either have mm-hmm. it or you don't. Yeah. So, excited about that. Uh, Swain looked very exciting on special teams. Um, and, you know, definitely more than capable in terms of being a wide receiver. Uh, Robinson was a double-digit sack uh, just a year or two ago. Uh, his sophomore junior, I believe, uh, posted double-digit sack. So that's exciting to get that kind of value in the fifth round.
1: It's interesting to me, though, for Pete and John, and we always do this with them as the draft. It's been going on with them since, what, 2010 now. So we should be used to it. But for some reason, as 12s, we're just not. They take guys who, when their names are read, you go, Who? And they take guys who, according to all the experts, should be taken. I mean, sometimes 40 picks after we take them. You're the player, I'm the fan. As a fan, it's not like it's frustrating per se, because it's like, what do we know? Who knows how these guys are gonna do in the NFL? There's such a long road, and and we know all that. But when they don't take really any like household names, it's just
0: it's weird. It feels strange. Yeah, well, I mean, we could look back at that 12 draft, right? And um, second round at a Utah State, a guy that you, not many people had heard from, Bobby Wagner. And then you go around later, uh, Russell Wilson. Uh, everybody's kind of scratching their heads. Yeah. Again, yeah. another another future Hall of Famer. So like I said, I'm willing. You, gotta, you wait two or three years down the road to figure out how we did. Um, you know, I don't. I don't by the, the paper analysis of like, oh, this guy and that you, you see. And they pick guys based off of character and how they will fit into the culture of what they've built.
1: Uh, that 2012 draft that you brought up, it got graded an F, by most wow. uh, experts, like a literal F, and I think the only team that was given an F that year. This year, the Seahawks draft is being graded a C minus, so that means that all of these guys are going to be way better than Bobby Wagner and Russell Wilson,
0: right? <laughs> yeah, okay. well, we can only hope. But I mean, that's that's quite a you know an elite group right there. But yeah, I think it just exactly. kind of shows you
1: like these it, experts. It's you know experts well, experts I mean, sometimes. I,
0: yeah, I was given a, a fifth. Round grade when when I was and I was drafted in the second, so this is where they get the benefit of the doubt that hey, whatever they say is going to be the right move, and it's it's just proven time and time again that they make the great the, the right decision. And the guy that I've been hearing the most about actually is second rounder uh, Taylor. Uh, what matters is going forward and, and how they fit into to the organization, the scheme, and and the culture. Like I said, I can't stress that enough. Is is this a guy that's willing to compete? Because look, I. Love Jordan Brooks's film. He still has to go beat out Cody Barton and Burke Herbin. Like I'm, I'm telling you, these guys—they're in the program an extra year. They have the leg up on him in terms of knowing how you know, just even the the terminology, the playbook, the scheme, how to fit, how to play within the system. So this this is still an <laughs> up number one pick. It doesn't it doesn't mean anything, you know. And I'm sorry, and you know, I love his game, Jordan Brooks. Love your game, but you're gonna have to earn that that, that starting position.
1: Well, let's break down the players then even further, starting with Jordan Brooks, a linebacker. He comes to us from Texas Tech. Round one, pick 27, six foot tall, 240 pounds. Um, College accolades include a second team All-American once and a first team All-Big 12 once. The big thing with him that I was hearing is speed, that he's just speed, speed, speed. I think he ran like a 4-5 Uh, at the Combine in the 40. You know, he's listed as an inside linebacker, but if we're looking at this as a possible replacement for KJ someday or just further depth, it seems like he'll probably have to play a little outside.
0: And it's going to be outside. KJ's coming off a career year. Um, I see him sliding right into that. Like I said, he fits into that Michael Kendricks mold. Michael Kendricks was originally a middle linebacker in Philly and even a Cal back when he came out as a second rounder. And uh, phenomenal instincts. He's aggressive play style, just like Kendricks. I I, I really feel like this is where they just saw the best available and they went after it. Um, 100 tackles, three sacks, 20 tackles for loss. Very productive, very downhill, aggressive player, just like Kendricks. Fits that mold. Uh, Kendricks did a phenomenal job before he tore his ACL. Um, I, I hope that he gets healthy and comes back to us even uh, but it's um, it just really to me it, it seems like that's a natural slide in um, and compete with Cody over there at the uh, the strong side.
1: Yeah, well, Jordan Brooks he's a confident guy. Uh, here's a quote from Jordan Brooks. He says, "I see myself a lot as the same kind of build as Bobby Wagner. I think I bring aggressiveness, passion, toughness, and discipline." Those are some of the things I pride myself on and are some of my core values that I take with me. So he brings up Bobby Wagner in the quote. I know that his college coach, I think, was maybe misquoted a bit or whatever, but at least brought up Bobby Wagner also when talking about Jordan Brooks. And I mean, look, (laughs) if he can be half the player that Bobby Wagner is, uh, you know, that's a good pick in round one.
0: Yeah, you hit it on the head. Just yeah, give me fifty percent of by the way, and we're going to be just fine. Kid's going to make a Pro Bowl or two. Uh, but I think I believe whoever is at Tech might have coached Bobby at Utah, and that's Utah State, and that's why he referenced Bobby. Um, so yeah, I mean that's a no-brainer. If I if I'm John or Pete, and I hear those you know words, as I remember, if I you know remember flashing back to 2012 when I, when we drafted Bobby, if I hear anything that says any kind of resemblance, then yes, I'm, I'm willing. Bobby should have been a top 10 pick, you know, looking back, right?
1: Sure. Yeah, of course, so, of course. Yeah. yeah.
0: And um, so it that's that's definitely, that's great for all the Hawks fans and, you know, all the 12s out there.
1: Yeah. Uh, let's move on to defensive end because, you know, Jadavion Clowney still has yet to sign out there. I, they say the window is still open, but seems to be closing as every day goes by. So they ended up taking a defensive end, a real pass rushing defensive end a speed guy his name's daryl taylor he's out of tennessee they took him in round number two at pick 48 he's six foot four 267 pounds and like i said he's fast 267
0: did i hear that right i think he is in the mold of a four five four six guy and then which is incredible with because when i watched the the highlights um you know in the draft it was a lot of speed and you know um you know athleticism shown uh, but with that kind of weight you're going to be able to play up against the run too so I can see why they're so excited about about getting him you know in the second round that's really (laughs) measurements and athleticism that Generally goes in the first round. So um.
1: yeah, I, I saw I saw a tweet or something from a Tennessee journalist, someone who covers the Volunteers, and who I don't remember the exact quote, but he was basically saying that at some points Daryl Taylor was the only player on Tennessee that was doing anything or that like that fans could look to. I mean, if you're the only guy <laughs> on your college football team that's any good, and if you play in the SEC, uh, that's pretty good.
0: Uh, yeah. Or a big fish in a small pond. Well, you know, Hey, we'll, we'll take the, we'll take the seven linings. Uh, yeah, that's amazing. Uh, this, this guy's going to be a stud. Hey, six four two sixty seven. I have no doubt he could play both. Uh, and I just, the way he was moving on film, I thought he was more in the 245 to 250 mold, kind of mm-hmm. where, where Bruce was when we drafted him back in 12 and in you know, the first round. So, um, and just I mean look at it you know we I'm still I'm still holding out hope that we get clowny because yeah. I just think he could really solidify Oh yeah oh man front. like but,
1: well like two more seasons right sign him like
0: two years yeah. uh, something even like just that the one year with an option yeah like, let's let's get creative let's oh, talk in let's, his prime. Oh, and then, I mean, because we got Irvin, we got Mayow, we got um, Rasheem going into what, third or fourth, third year, fourth year. So we we are well positioned up front. Um, Jay Reed, uh, it's exciting. It really is. And if I'm those linebackers, I'm excited about playing behind that. And then also having behind me all those DBs, like you said, potentially, you know, Legion of Boom 2.0. So we'll see um, that those are some you know high standards to live up to but I'm there's no reason not to be excited on that side of the ball
1: well, speaking of pass rush from Daryl Taylor, here's his quote. Uh, he's talking about himself. He says, I think I have a really great pass rush. I have a really great long arm stab. I have no idea what that means, but I like it. He says, <laughs> that, that's not part of the quote. That's me saying that. It, but his <laughs> quote is, I have a really good long arm stab, and I can use speed and power moves, so I think I bring a lot to the table. I have power power and speed he in two sentences says power and speed like six times i'm so excited for well, this
0: dude i mean six four you gotta imagine just a serious wingspan on the guy uh oh, so yeah, yeah I, I bet his long arm stabs amazing what is but, a long arm stab i mean just you know it's kind of the setup move you know you place it out there you know uh to to get the the alignment reach and then and then you go to your counter which with him it's either speed or power correct so um <laughs> yeah,
1: according to him
0: yeah uh I you can't go wrong with that, and that's when when you said two sixty seven. That's I mean, that's that's a big defensive end.
1: There is a video of him. It's got to be like at a practice at Tennessee, running down like you know how players line up on either side, and then the guy runs down the middle, and he runs down the middle. He does like a back handspring into a backflip uh. onto and then onto like one of those high jump pads. But like literally a back handspring yeah. and finishing with a backflip and landing on his feet. It's ridiculous and he's yeah, supposed to be 260 it.
0: something pounds. Sky's the limit. Kid's going to yeah. be just fine. Surprised he fell to us. And that's why we're, they're probably so excited about getting him.
1: Uh and then also uh it's just sticking with the defensive side of the football. Another defensive end Alton Robert uh sorry, another defensive end Alton <laughs> Robinson out of Syracuse, round number 5, pick 148 overall. Almost the same size as Daryl Taylor, 6'4", 260 even. Um, But like you were saying uh, up front in the show, I think had 19 and a half sacks uh, for Syracuse. So was obviously one of their biggest pass rushers. And when you're a team that tied second to last in terms of sacks from last season, you need to get some help at pass rush.
0: Depth, depth, depth. I mean, you can't have enough of it because those offensive linemen, they don't rotate. And that's where you get the edge is that mm. if you can get fresh legs against them, you know, um, it, it makes it really hard. You wear them down. And uh, like I said, that's why these linebackers got to be excited about what's been happening in free agency and also in the draft. Of these defensive guys
1: that we've been talking about, there's only three of them, Jordan Brooks, Daryl Taylor, and Alton Robinson. Which of uh, these three, here's a, here's a ridiculous sports talk show hot take. Or I want you to give me one, is what I mean. Of those three, which one of them will we be talking about going up on Mount Rushnier
0: someday? Uh, literally, I think it's going to be Taylor. Um, you know, second round, uh, I remember a couple of years ago, when we, we grabbed a kid out of Michigan in the second round, and uh, everybody was scratching their heads. And, uh, you know, <laughs> probably I, I couldn't believe he wasn't the first-round pick. Uh, but, of course, I'm talking about Frank Clark. Um, you know, just, just won a Super Bowl over there with Kansas City. Kills me to say that. But, um, you know, just, I mean, and it, he didn't have a weakness in his game in terms of running pass. And if this kid is 6'4", 267, as we say, and he moves the way I saw him on film, as soon as, you know, the Hawks and, um, you know, Big Hurt, he gets he gets his hands on him, tell, teaching him how to, how to, you know, use his hands and use his weight and all that, that speed and power. It's, you know, just a matter of time you know, just I'm talking value. And that's what, you know, John and, and the scouts and the coaches know over there is value and where these these guys will go and, and not taking them too high. So, um, for them to be excited about Taylor, you know, to get him in the second round, that tells me that, you know, he probably should have been up in the first round, just like Frank. And so that's where I'm going to, I'm going to tab him as the guy, as much as it hurts me to go against my linebacker, because I love his instincts and in, in Brooks, but, um, is the one I'm going to tab. And, um, but don't be surprised if Robinson turns out just like Jefferson, you know.
1: Lofa, Al Pacino turned 80, and I want to talk to you about Al Pacino, but before we do, I gotta tell you about Bet Online. You receive a welcome bonus on your first deposit when you go to betonline.ag. Use our promo code M Y P O D one Zero Zero. Look, there's no sports out there to bet on right now. You could have bet it on the draft, but that's over with. But There's still plenty of things to bet on out there. Like, you know, you could go into their virtual online casino. You can also enter their $750,000 poker series. There's all kinds of things at betonline.ag. Use the promo code MyPod100 to get that welcome bonus today. Betonline.ag. The fun never ends. Lofa Tatupu, what's your favorite Al Pacino movie?
0: Favorite? Uh, there's just too many. Um, no, man. I mean, you're the actor. You tell me what your favorite is.
1: Oh, favorite? Oh man. Now, see, now we got to have a talk about Godfather well, One versus Godfather <laughs> Two. That's well, but, okay. what it is.
0: But okay, if, if I'm the expert of football, when it comes to anything movie or film, we need your expertise here. So, all
1: right, fine. You tell Godfather me. You tell two, me what movie Godfather Two. Godfather Two is better. Godfather 2 is better than Godfather 1, I'm going to say
0: it. Okay. Why? Why?
1: Because you get the whole story. You get to go back in time with a young Vito coming to America. You get all that backstory in Italy, and it shows you how the family came to be, what the family came to be, while flashing forward and watching Michael, played by Al, you get to watch him trying to figure out how to take the family to the next step. So I think as a film it's just a lot of fun mm. when, when you're flashing back and forth between the two different time periods. But, you know, don't get me wrong. Godfather 1 is like, I mean, mwah, that's a masterpiece. That's okay. like a, the Mona Lisa.
0: I, I guess I love Scarface.
1: Well, I mean, I mean look, when you're talking about Al Pacino movies, it's hard to pick a bad one. But yeah, Scarface. Yeah, that's
0: like very it. OK, so what it's else? OK, so those are the obvious. What, are there any others that are there any movies that you think don't get enough? Uh, you know, they don't get enough publicity. They don't they hmm. don't get their their fair share.
1: It's a good question. I think
0: Al Pacino
1: is such a good actor, and he kind of turned into a bit of a caricature as he got older, because he was just yelling all the time, you know, yeah. you know, all that <laughs> kind of thing. Um, <laughs> he but he's just—he's still just so good, though. i I don't know if you've watched it or if anyone out there has seen it, because a couple of his movies, he's been doing for like HBO or streaming services and stuff, so they're not, like the cinema, you know, that was like out there nationwide and whatever. So they go under the radar a little bit. There's one where he played Dr. Jack Kevorkian. So uh, subject matter alert, like, you know, be careful with that one, but (laughs) he's amazing in it. And then also he was amazing as Joe Paterno in the movie about that. I
0: didn't, I didn't see that one either. Okay.
1: It's it's hard to watch again, you know, obviously like super heavy subject matter, but performance wise and as an actor, I mean, he just is He's just second yeah.
0: to none. He just, yeah. I mean... Oh, you got so other class, Son of a Woman, uh, and a Given Sunday is, you know, near and dear to my heart, even though I think it was a, a horrible depiction of what an athlete is, but...
1: Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Given Sunday is a crazy movie, man. <laughs> that was, yeah,
0: they, they, took it, they took it to the edge and then went, went straight past that edge, but...
1: Biggest uh, tragedy of Al Pacino's career, though, is that he's in all these amazing movies, right? Of all Julie, these amazing movies... The one that he won his Oscar for, as an actor, was Sen of a Woman*, and that's fine. It's a great movie. It's an well, it's an okay movie. He's great in it. It came really wow. late in his career, but the idea okay. that he didn't win for *Godfather* or *Godfather 2 or any of the countless like or, or *Dog he, Day Afternoon* or *Dog you know, Day like
0: Afternoon* amazing well, movie. Maybe he was just too young back then.
1: Yeah, he always well, get, I mean, got kind of robbed. You got Marlon Brando winning an Oscar for Godfather 1 and obviously yeah, was well-deserved. Decent. And then was Robert De Niro winning an Oscar for Godfather 2 when playing the same character that Marlon Brando played. But Al's still just sitting there, just a nominee. Oh, wow. And it's like, rough. ah, come on. He's so good. Oof. He's too good. You know, the other thing, interestingly enough, about Al Pacino is that while filming The Godfather... The studio wanted to fire him so many times because they were getting the dailies back, the footage from the set, and he was seemingly like not really doing anything on the on the footage. Like cuz they were just used to like this more over the top kind of acting. They weren't used to this subtlety that he was bringing, and they didn't understand like Coppola's vision. So they were just the studio was upset like get this guy out of here. He, what he doesn't know what he's doing. He's not even very good looking. He's short. He's, you know, whatever. <laughs> And uh, Coppola, of course, is just ignoring him. Keeps shooting the movie, and then you know he puts it all together, and the rest is history. But uh, you know, not often do you get someone who revolutionizes their industry, and Al Pacino falls under that heading for uh, acting. So
0: I mean, what Carlito's Way? Uh, yeah, th- there's there's several that we're leaving off here. Oh, um, Heat. What about Heat? Heat. Yes, Heat. Oh, there's, there's so a, good. There's another one. Well, I mean, I. I'm about to go to my phone and Google.
1: What, Geely? You talking about Geely? <laughs>
0: yeah, I said
1: that earlier. <laughs> oh, did you? Yeah, I missed it. That's one we could forget, I guess.
0: Donnie Brosco. That's the one oh, I'm thinking.
1: Oh, Donnie Brosco. So, I
0: mean, yeah. yeah. Um, let's see.
1: <sighs> if I was doing my impression of a normal sports radio host, I would say, uh, well, you, you you would have said Donnie Brosco. And then I would have said, uh, hopefully, none of these draft picks are Fugazis. <laughs> For now, that's the Seahawks podcast on that, No.
0: All right. We, okay, I think we got to wrap it up on that one. I mean, you, you went it with that one. Um,
1: All right, let's do it then. That's a wrap on the Seahawks podcast, everybody. Thank you for listening this week. Lofa and I will be back later in the week to break down the offensive draft picks by our Seahawks. But for now, we covered it. If you want to make your opinions known on anything, go ahead and email us, seahawkspod at gmail.com. Lofa, break us down. Hoo-ah! <laughs> All right. You can do it again, cool. but I'm, I'm not going to use it.
0: All right, yeah. I've <laughs> already I'm, got I'm, it. I'm going to save it for the next one. <laughs> All right,
1: good.
0: <laughs> for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger.